Greetings, folks, and welcome to GigGab, the Working Musicians Podcast, episode number 36 for Monday, October 26th, 2015. folks and welcome here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. Uh, just having taken the sticks out of my hand. Uh, it's gig gab. That's that's what this time is it Paul is. Kent. How you doing, Mr. Kent? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was just getting my uh, actually I didn't get quite 30 minutes in today, but uh, I, got over, <laughs> I got over here a little late. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you've been in the woodshed, huh? Yeah, I have. Uh, you know, we, we talked about that last week. There was one day this week where I did not make it to the kit. Um, but otherwise I've, I've been at the kit every day and that's been a good thing. Is this an unusual, like I told you I was going to be doing this. Is this an unusual focus for you or is this your usual, how much you've been at your kit? No, this is unusual for me. It was something, I mean, it was interesting that you brought it up and I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, it, it was something I was thinking about, you know, while my wrist was healing, I was like, you know, this is this is a good opportunity for me to think about this and, and really I'm probably going to need it once I, you know, uh, can play again. Uh, and that has proven to be true. And also it's good for me. You know, I enjoy this. So, and I've, and I, you know, when I was a kid, uh, there were, you know, years and years where it was two hours a day without even thinking about it. Um, those were the days. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it pays off. I mean, in a, in a huge way, you know, more so when you're young, I think, <laughs> but, um, well, it's an interesting thing. Cause when you're young, you're, you're after proficiency, you know, enough that you can play and enjoy it. And, yes. you know, just getting your basic coordination and those types of things down and then trying to take your skills to, you know, maybe a, a, a slightly greater level. But when you've been playing for a long time and we were talking about this last week, and you're hitting those those roofs, those ceilings of your of your chops because of the habits that you've lulled yourself into. It's harder to practice. And and I've been doing the same thing. I told you last week, I want to try and get the guitar in my hands two to three hours. And I've been pretty good about that. I, I think every day except for one, I've been at least two hours, mostly acoustic guitar. I haven't had a lot of electric guitar in my hands. But the the thing you find is the discipline to practice is a very different thing. You really actually almost have to go back to that kind of the forms that you had, you know, when you had a teacher sitting over you, because otherwise you'll just end up strumming the same chords. You know, you'll, you'll end up, you know, just kind of like more rehearsing than practicing. And they're very different things. Yes, that that's right. Yeah. If you're playing stuff that, you know, you're right. You're just, you're rehearsing it, you're perfecting it, but you're not, I mean, you, you might learn new things incrementally, but you're, if you're not forcing yourself to do something different, uh, you're not learning new things certainly as quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's my goal is kind of yep. bust through some ceilings. I picked a really interesting song to start working on um, because it's, it's wicked hard to sing and play at the same time. It's a, I'd call it an advanced acoustic song. Um, the feel of it, the time of it uh, is, is, and just the chops needed to play it right has been really kept me busy for the last week. So hearts and bones by Paul Simon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it's gotta be a, like a Dave Matthews song or a Paul Simon tune. So, <laughs> well, the Dave Matthews stuff is interesting because 
I spent a long time like drilling down on Dave Matthews stuff. And um, Matthews has a very, very interesting way of approaching the guitar. He sees rhythm guitar different than anybody else. And his chord shapes are different than anybody else. Yeah. And the way he uses open strings and he only needs really two or three strings in order to make a chord. But uh, once you kind of get in his head and understand how he's doing what he's doing, it starts to make sense. Oh, okay. Paul Simon is truly a master of his instrument. I mean, he's a master musician. And so he's, he's exploring melodies and, 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 you know, going across the fretboard in really interesting ways. And hearts and bones is a perfect example. I mean, a, it's got this kind of, uh, faux Calypso kind of, you know, feel to it. Like this very lightly accented drum, which is a crazy groove. And then he's playing this really intricate, um, intricate for this style of music, and, uh, a finger pattern, you know, chord pattern, and then singing over it, which is crazy. Although I will say that th- about the Matthews stuff, yeah, how he sings and plays some of that stuff is just bananas to me. I mean, it, that, that stuff is crazy, but this is, this is subtle and delicate, the Paul Simon stuff. And it's hard. It's, it's really, it's a great, it's been a great chop builder and a great concentration. And I, I'm, uh, ooh, I'm maybe 60% of the way, my way through this and feeling really comfortable with the changes and the, and singing the melody over it. So there's a lot of work still to be done on it, but it's a great tune. That's good. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's the point, right? Is forcing yourself to do something that's not at all natural for you. Yeah. I have to think that's probably Steve Gad, you know, thinking about that. Do you know the song? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if that's Gad. It probably is. I mean, it that's a safe, certainly a safe bet because he played on a <laughs> lot of Simon's tracks, right? But yeah. yeah, probably. I mean, he he stopped using Gad later on. Um, he stopped using Gad around Graceland, I think. Yeah. Well, Gad had some. I mean, Gad had some serious drug and alcohol problems that that kind of took him out of commission for a little while. Uh, mm. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, he played through him for a long time and then people just stopped hiring him, I think. Um, yeah. But he's back. I mean, he, you know, he, he thankfully made it through all that. But yeah, yeah, it, it might or might not be Gad. But um, but yeah, I mean, Paul's stuff. Actually, the drummer I saw him with, I saw him on that tour with Sting. Uh, I think it was last year where they each brought their own band and they would kind of go back and forth. And at times it was just Paul and his band. And at times it was just sting and his band. And then it, there were times sure. when, when it was everybody and Paul's drummer for that show was horrendous. And it <laughs> shocked me, but thankfully, you know, sting of course had Vinnie Kaliuta with him. And so when it came time to play like late in the evening, uh, Vinnie laid that down. Yeah. 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 It was like, it was, but it was weird. Cause Paul's always had, killer drummers behind him and this guy I, yeah. I, maybe i said he was horrible i mean look the guy's got better better gigs than i do um <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest about this but he was horrible by paul simon's standards you know he was just like he was fine he was just a meat and potatoes kind of guy it was just it was yeah. weird it wasn't what i would ex- expect from from simon. simon pretty much gets to first call everybody for everything he wants if he wants but sometimes i'm not convinced that's what he wants he's a weird dude <laughs> You know, he's really funny and stuff, but, but he's, he's, he's quirky. So how do you say, what do you mean quirky? Paul Simon? Yeah. He's just a quirky dude. You know, I don't know. Finicky, like like particular, finicky, particular. Yeah. But he gets these like weird ideas in his head. And, uh, and I mean, that's part of the creative genius, right? But sometimes those weird ideas are only good in Paul's head. And then a lot of times they're really good in everybody's head. But I think, I think he was in one of his, 
I'm in, you know, this is a really good idea in my head kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. And he doesn't, he, he was, there were some songs where he was like really into it. And some songs where it was like, I know I have to play this because I'm in an arena. Well, he seems people. like he's getting kind of fragile. He seems like he's, you know, he's, he's not spry. And no. so, you know, like he did, um, it, it went around Facebook quite a bit. He did a solo version of American tune, which is another tune that I've been working on, yep. on, um, on, um, Colbert, the first week of Colbert on nine 11 actually. Oh, and, yep. um, it was interesting cause, uh, the voice is definitely different. It's it's definitely frailer, but um, the effect was still you know pretty. It's still Paul Simon, man. Well, that was good. Yeah, I mean tunes like like late in the evening and uh, you can call me Al. You know those yeah. kinds of tunes. He should he he simply should not have played them when we saw him this last time around. He just his heart wasn't in it at all. He was sort of too bad. half. You know he was he was speaking the lyrics and only half of them. You know, it was just like, come on, dude, if you're if you're not going to like deliver the tune, just don't put it on the set list. <laughs> That's too bad. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that that um, tour struck me as a weird one. You know, they've done these you know celebrity pairings, you know, over the past couple of years, starting with Billy Joel and Elton John, which was a great one. Yeah. Um, but this one seemed odd to me. And, uh, you know, Sting is kind of mercurial himself. Right. So yes. I wonder if there was any any, you know. Tension. Well, you know, they, they, they seemed the one thing of the show that was, uh, fantastic and, and actually all of Sting's stuff was fantastic and Sting, Sting is Sting, you know, I mean, if, if you can't get over his ego, then don't go see him. But, uh, but he always, I don't go see him. right. See, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's okay. But, but the relationship between those two guys, I mean, they were like old buddies palling around. Uh, how about that? Yeah. They said that they lived in the same apartment building and that's how the idea for this tour came together. They would hang out in each other's apartment and play other, uh, play each other's tunes and just get into it. And they're like, you know, we should take this on the road. And so they did. Well, I, I'll tell you that this kind of exploration of Paul Simon stuff is really, uh, it reminds you what, what the craft of songwriting is and, yeah. and the craft of melody. And, uh, you know, he's, he's untouchable to me. I mean, he, he can be cranky and he can sure. do whatever anyone might say, but in terms of some perfect songs and truly timeless time, I mean, yes, I mean, I mean, still crazy after all these years, that song just knocks me out. And honestly, I that mean, was everything one, about it. He did that one live, which surprised me. Um, yeah. man, he did that on the, on the tour with sting. It was just him and his band and holy cow. I mean, that yeah. he delivered. It was like, okay, thank you. You know, that, that, absolutely the highlight of his portion of the show. No question. Okay. Yeah. That's right. And, and you're right. I, I'm a, I'm a huge Paul Simon fan. So what you're hearing here is a little disappointment in, in one performance it is, but, um, and you know what talking about this stuff, it, it reminds me of some things that I've gone through in the past weekend. So I've been preparing these gigs I did a gig with my friends in Acoustic Madness. This is the trio that we do. Yep. And I also sat in with a buddy of mine who um, did an acoustic show. And what's interesting about the revelation of all this is, so I like to, I, I pick my songs to do my acoustic stuff. I, I try to do songs that people know mostly, but I also try to do songs that people, that just sound really cool. Sure. Because a, a large time, like maybe one out of 10 times, are the focus of these acoustic shows on me. A lot of times it's really like some people are paying attention, but by and large, you know, they're at restaurants or they're at bars or something like that. When I, when we do the trio, that's actually turned into a pretty good listening room. That's pretty focused on us. 
And I usually get, um, you know, 20 minutes to a half hour out of a three hour show where I get to do like my, my solo thing. And so I, I pick really carefully a mixture of songs where people go, Oh yeah. Or, Oh, I haven't heard that for a while or songs that, you know, like we've said many times on this podcast, I just kind of want to prove myself right. That the songs that I really like that I can interpret and, and we'll, we'll go over. So I'm pretty picky about it. And then the people who I sing in the trio with, and I've said this many times, they're just phenomenal musicians. They pull off. I mean, Steve, the guy who sings in the trio, he does ambrosia. How much I feel. I mean, he does that wow. solo acoustic. Now, a, it's a pretty involved chord progression. B it's a very involved melody to sing really crazy high. And he's, you know, fantastic at that. And then Mary Ellen, you know, of course I've, I've said many times, she's just, you know, a, amazing, amazing. Every, she sings every woman singer. So she'll do everything from heart to uh, Linda Ronstadt to Stevie Nicks. And she just delivers it beautifully. And then, um, you know, she'll stretch and we'll give her some guy songs and she does great with those as well. But, then I went to sit in with my buddy. So we, this is music that we're trying really hard to do something interesting and different. And it, it usually goes over pretty well. We've gotten a good following going. And then I went in and uh, sat in with my buddy and he was playing, uh, you know, old Elvis standards, old, you know, pretty much kind of guitar one one stuff. Sure. But he had the whole room you know, singing along and rocking yeah. with him and he turned it. And so, you know, you don't really get points for difficulty. No, sometimes. I, I mean, it depends on who your audience is. Right. And, and but sometimes you do. And that, and those are rewarding moments too. Yeah. Yes. They're very rewarding because you have to fight for them. They're right. That's as opposed, right. As to play, you know, as to, opposed to playing bad boy, bad, bad Leroy Brown all night, you know, that type of stuff. But I was reflecting on this, like I'm working my butt off to try and find interesting things. It's rewarding to me to pull it off. Yeah. Um, uh, and I put so much time into some of these, you know, guitar arrangements and, and, you know, doing songs that have a lot more air in them. And then, you know, but my buddy, you know, he, he gave a great show. He made a lot of people happy. Um, and he played stuff that he has a very good voice, but he played stuff that most people could, could pull off in one fathom or another. And, um, but he, he owned the room for the well, night and yeah, that's what he does. And he, he knows his strength. He knows, right. he knows, you know, how he can win. There's a, there's a talent in simply entertaining and, sure. and, and there's nothing there's, I mean, that's a great talent to have. There's nothing wrong with, with a having that talent, obviously, but there's also nothing wrong with relying on that talent. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, because you're, if your goal is to go out and make people happy, well, you know, that's pretty much what you need. It's to be able to and, entertain. you know, he had, yeah. he had a lot of his people in the room and that's what they come to hear. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it wouldn't go over if it was like a, you know, a pretty powerful acoustic open night thing where guys were bringing crazy chops and sure. that's what was expected in a room like that. Right. But, um, I think the message to me was know, know your strengths and play to your strengths and be realistic about your strengths yeah. and be selective so be very careful, thoughtful when you're going to stretch on stage. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't. I, it, thoughtful is the right word because there are times when it's absolutely the right thing to do. 
And there, and then there are times when it's, you know, it's, it's the wrong thing. And it depends on what, what the goal of the evening is, what, what the expectation of the people in attendance is. Right. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of, know your, know your room, know your room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're, you know, um, if you're out to entertain, you know, the, the classic rock beer drinking masses, then probably not a good idea to, you know, try and stretch on some, uh, you know, rush tune or Zappa. Or yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, but, but then there are times when that's absolutely the right thing and you can cultivate that too. Right. You, you know, you can get people used to, Hey, wait, you know, this band stretches out every now and then you should wait for those moments. That's pretty cool that they, you know, that they do this and then, and then you earn start, those moments. Yeah, that's it. But when you can turn people off, you know, because you haven't been executing what you're supposed to be there to do. Right. And then you, and then you want to take them to another place, but they haven't gone with you to the first place. Yes. Probably going to come up flat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, you do enough of that and you can, and people will then come and expect that. Right. You know, and that's true. And you can train them and that, and then that's when it gets really interesting, you know? Well, I mean, and it's funny cause my buddy who plays the, you know, the, 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 you know, the Beatles stuff and the, and the Elvis stuff, mm. he actually says to me, he's like, you know, when people come to see me, there's stuff I want to do. But my audience is always like, no, play something we can dance to. It's just him right. and an acoustic guitar. Right. And, and he's like, how do you, how do you, you know, get out of that? And I'm like, oh, you know, your audience has trained you yes. instead of you training your audience. Yeah. Well, and, and, but that's not a terrible thing either, as long as he's okay with it. But, you know, it, it sounds like maybe there's a little conflict there. But, you know, like when I was in uh, the band I was in, in, in college, we, I mean, we mostly played really accessible stuff, but we had some tunes where we really stretched in our crowd. We had a really loyal following with that band and uh, people were totally into it when we, you know, kind of dove off the cliff. And then of course with hypnotic Clambake, if we didn't dive off the cliff, people were upset. You know, they, I mean, they wanted to dance, they wanted to boogie, but they wanted to see us pushing ourselves and they wanted to see us fail. I mean, because they knew that if they saw us fail, we had pushed ourselves, you know, beyond uh-huh. that point. And that, but that was part of the, but again, you know, they, they had set that expectation. And even throughout right. the tour that I was on, people got to know, they're like, Oh wait, this band, you know, cause that band changed lineups a lot. Uh, certainly at the time that I was involved. And so, you know, people would come see the band a few times on the tour. It was like, wait a minute, this lineup can play, you know, I want to see wait, what, 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 what did fail mean? Oh, like if you, you know, try a, some crazy fill or, or something. And, and, you know, you don't stick the one or whatever it is, <laughs> you know, things like that, landing. yeah, yeah, it, it happens, right. You know, Got it, it happens so if you stretch, um, go, but go into jam land and, and everybody be together on that journey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. And sometimes it works. And when it does, it's awesome. And you, and you hope to make it work all the time, but in order to make it interesting, you have to take the risk, right. You live and, on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, but that, you know, that comes around to, to, uh, you know, uh, now we're talking about a band setup as opposed to the single acoustic, but in that scenario, you can all kind of help each other. Right. You know, I, I know, or I hopefully know that I can trust my bass player. Right. And if I dive off the cliff, uh, I know that he's going to hold, hold it together and vice versa. Right. You know, and you got to listen and play together and like, nope, nope, here we are. And he's like, oh yeah. Okay. Right. Or, or, you know, or the other way around. And, and then that creates interesting moments, right? Cause you're both really, or everybody's really paying attention to what everybody's doing. And a mistake can actually create a, a new thing 
that you can almost repeat like, oh, wait a minute, that put us in this weird spot. When we come around again, let's do that again and let's do it a little more intentionally. And, and it can get really interesting if you're, sure. uh, you know, if everybody's paying attention, especially if the crowd's paying attention and, you know, and then it's like, oh, wait a minute, they're in on the joke. This is, and it, you know, I mean, I use the term joke. It's actually quite serious, but you know, they're in on the fun of it, I should say. And that, that's where it gets really fun. Sure. Yeah. Well, speaking of sticking the landing, so I'm in an interesting place. The house rockers are on easily their longest break sure. in eight, eight or nine months. I mean, we have a, we have uh, October 10th was the last time we played and uh, November 14th is the next time we played. Wow. We have not, yeah, we have not, not played in that long time. And I'm, I'm, I'm missing playing with the band, even though I got other things going on, I'm really missing playing with the band and missing the guys and, and uh, just that kind of feeling. And, but also I'm anticipating my experience has been in the past. We, we get rusty you know, after two weeks, interesting things will happen in the next gig. Uh, and it, which is doubly hard because uh, we were in a, we were in a groove, man. I mean, we, we were, it was like second nature. Everything was butter and we were having a really good time by the time we got through that last gig in October. Cause we, you know, we played, you know, 30, 35, 40 gigs in, in uh, the previous four months. And, uh, it, we were feeling really good and the shows were going over great. And it, a, it's a little heartbreaking to stop that, you know, you miss it, but B it'll be very interesting. That will be a, that will be a great podcast after the next gig <laughs> because, you know, as good as you are, you know, the stuff goes into muscle memory, but it takes a little while to coax it out. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing though, because it forces you to pay attention. Right. Yeah. That, that would be the interesting thing is I felt that we got to a place this year, which was the benefit not just of the 35 gigs, 40 gigs or whatever, you know, over the past couple months, but really of 16 years, you know, most of us have been together at least 10 years. I, I felt it was that type of communication and vibe on stage where there was a lot of intuition going on and everything was cool. And it's been quite constant. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see the last time we had a little bit of a break. I think I shared on the podcast. I said, you know, it was a, it was a case of absence definitely made the heart grow fonder and everybody dug in, but it wasn't nearly this long a break. I think it was two weeks or something like that. Right. So it'll be really interesting to see when we roll up our sleeves and go back to work in November. Um, if the, if the magic is still there, if the concentration is there, will you have a rehearsal before are, that gig? Nope. Okay. All right. So that, that's nope. that, that you're, yeah, the proof's really in the pudding there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got a gig like that to a degree coming up on, uh, on Friday. We play, I'll play with Chafed, which is a band that, um, that's the band where the guitar player kind of knows every, every song that's ever been written. If he's right, heard it. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> and, uh, and we haven't played together. It might be six months since that band has played together. You're gonna play without a rehearsal. Yep. And do you and guys talk a, about the need for rehearsal? Um, we have talked about the need for a rehearsal. Yes, but it's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> and 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 this is a big party this is a you, you know it's usually sold a sold out halloween party every year it's actually it, it, some of the costumes that people bring are fantastic but um 
But yeah, it's how big a, a band is chafed? Five piece, two guitar, bass, drums, and a vocalist. Now on Friday, okay. this this past Friday night, I played with one of the, the other guitar player and our vocalist Johnny and Jimmy. Uh, we did an acoustic gig, which actually, much to our surprise, turned out to be outside, um, which was sort of a little cool there, right? Yeah, we just didn't. I mean, I'm actually doing an outdoor gig on Saturday morning with Fling. Uh, we're playing the the tailgate before the UNH football game on Saturday. So we'll play like 11 to one or something. Uh, but that, you know, we know is going to be outdoors. It's under a tent ish, but yeah, it was a little surprising on, on Friday night when we got there, like, Oh, we're, we're outside. They're like, yeah, it should be fine. <laughs> and they had a tent for the people to eat under. And we're like, we're pretty sure everybody's going to be in here. Cause it's going to be like 40 degrees and windy outside, you know? And they're like, no, everybody will be outside. Of course, at the end, everybody was in the tent, but they were all listening to us. In fact, they were really listening. Um, so it was, and we played really well, but they said, well, we'll do this next year. And it was a, it was a charity event. And so they're like, we won't have you outside next time. We're like, yeah, you know, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, Friday, this, this coming Friday night with Chafed will be, uh, will be without rehearsal mostly. I mean, again, Jimmy and Johnny and I have been playing and John and I've been singing a lot, but I don't wind up singing a lot in Chafed. Our bass player, um, he, I, I love Steve to death. Uh, and, and he actually, I, I love playing with him, but he has this tendency to whatever harmony he hears someone else singing, he goes and sings. Mm. And so I just don't sing harmonies and, and chafed it. It's easier that way. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So most of it will be without, uh, without rehearsal or without, so we'll have a couple improvement. war stories to share very soon. Yeah. I, I have a feeling, but, it, but you know, with, if, if it's like any other chafed gig, there will be 60% of it that's outstanding and 20% that's horrendous and 20% that's like, yeah, passable. But but of that outstanding part, it'll be really, you know, there'll be good stuff. There usually is anyway. We'll see. It's not so we, have, we, have the, we have the added complications that we're starting to try out new trombone players. So our, our guy, Mark, he's moving out of the area. And okay. so, you know, we, we've had, we have you know, pretty good pool of subs here in the Bay area that are great readers. And so, you know, we, and we've had, we have like our A team, you know, the regular guys, and then we have our B and sometimes a C team of, of first call guys, but all of these, uh, all of these bone players have probably subbed for us over the years, but now we're looking at them, you know, as a full-time thing. And so a making sure that they know what the commitment really is. Cause that's the hardest thing for me with horn players is, mm it's really hard to get them to understand this is not, this is not just one of the things you sit in and this is like, it has to be your first call. You can't take other stuff, you know, cause I book pretty far in advance. Sure. You can't take other stuff. till pretty close to the, to the dates, that type of thing. So there's that. So we'll have, we have three more club dates over the next couple of months. We'll have a different guy sitting for each club date, but then we have one night in December where uh, we're going to, we're going to have them all come in for a half hour each and, and let them go for it and, and pick a new guy and work a new guy into the show for next year, which, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I'm really sad to see the guy we have go. I mean, he's, he's the youngest guy in the band. When he started in the band, he's a, he's a great musician and a great arranger writes a lot of our, our charts. And he, uh, you know, he was kind of shy, but he always had the chops, but the thing it was really fun to watch the presence in his playing come forward. Not, not just in his playing. I mean, he always, he always was a good player, but there came to be a little bit of magic to his tone as, as he grew up in this band. 
And then even as a performer, like him coming to the front of the stage for his, for his solos, it's been really fun to watch that. So I'm really sad to lose him. Um, and I'll, I'll miss my friend as well, but sure. Um, the guys who we have lined up are all, you know, pretty serious cats and, and I think we'll get a good one out of the, out of the deal. Well, that's good, man. That's, um, yeah, yeah it, 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 it's never fun. You, you've got enough people in your band where replacing someone doesn't material. I mean, it, it changes things obviously, but it doesn't change the core of it. Right. It, in a, and the I rhythm guess it, section hasn't changed for, you know, 10, yeah, 11 years. now. I guess that's right. If, if you were to change out like your bass player or, or something, or I guess you've changed out your, your guitar player a few times. Your, yeah. That's been the um, spinal tap. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know, I've all, I always found that even it, for me, you know, stepping into a band that, that was existing, it changes the band dramatically. It often changes the amount that the band is booked either in a, in a good way, you know, positively or negatively, but it, things never just stay the same when you replace no. a bass player or a drummer or anything. It It's, it's more than just the music that changes. Everything changes with that. Absolutely. And, and it doesn't matter if it's a 10 piece band or a five piece band. I guess that's the chemistry true. is going to change. Yeah. It, it's going to change. You've, you've added in a variable into the equation and uh, it, it's always a well, little bit of a nail biting thing too. Right. I mean, you know, whatever, whoever that person is that's leaving had something right. They were, they were part of the, the, the formula and now yes. they're not there. So you may not even be aware of, what roles, you know, what, what, what varied roles one person plays, right? Yeah. He plays trombone yeah. and he plays the drums or whatever, but he was, oh yeah. He was always the guy that spoke up about X, you know, right. Or, or shut that guy up when he spoke up about X, right? I mean, there's just so many layers. Well, yeah, The thing is you work so hard to get chemistry. Yeah. And it, and it is a fragile thing because it is, you know, a million variables intertwining at once. You're absolutely right. And, and we've been, We've been pretty lucky. You know, I, I tease about this, um, this rhythm guitar player or lead guitar player role. A, I'm, I'm a guitar player, so I'm pretty picky about what I want to hear, you know, out of that chair. So over the course of time, when we started, we had a guy who was kind of a beginner and he couldn't keep up. And then we had another guy who was a very good singer but didn't invest in gear and, and, uh, and wasn't really much of a, he was kind of a, he was kind of more of like a folk singer. Got it. Nice voice, but he wasn't a rock and roll player. Sure. And then we started to get pickier. And then the third guy we had was a, a well-known local guy, but he didn't, he, I think he played one year with us and then he didn't want to rehearse and keep the same level of commitment. And so yep. that got to be too much for him. Yep. And so we moved off of that. And then the next guy after that, um, I think we had another guy who was just, he was a little bit more metal, just didn't have the right tone and feel. And that's the thing is like when, when I um, were auditioning guitar players, we'll pick like, I think soul man is a great audition song for guitar players because getting that Memphis feel, you know, that, that soul rhythm and the tone, that's how I can tell a lot about if a guy's going to write from my band is, is if he has paid attention to, um, the nuance of the soul man rhythm that to me tells a lot about, you know, how a guitar player prepares. And it's kind of funny because the one guy we had who I had for one year and him and I clashed from the very beginning and I should have known it. 
because of the three songs I gave him to learn to when he auditioned. Yep. He didn't even bother to learn one of them. Oh, he was, he was a real, yeah. And he was like a cantankerous guy from the very beginning. We kind of had gigs booked and he kind of like came in at a time where it was just, he was like, he was good enough to play. Don't get me wrong. He was a good musician, but he was a, a difficult personality. And uh, I think we were, I, if I can recall, we must've kept him because he was the best of two or three guys that came in. And uh, um, we probably had a bunch of work lined up and it was time to just get going. We couldn't audition anymore. And so that guy finally drove me crazy. And so that didn't work out. And then we had a guy who's probably one of the better guitar players in the area here. And this was, you know, so frustrating for me. I love him. We're really good friends. Now I was really clear about what the gig was when I offered it to him, but he was, he's a lead singer and he's a, you know, he's a front man. And so I think he tried his best, but at the end of the day, he couldn't, he, he wasn't sitting well being, being a side man, side man. Yeah, so right. that, that, yep. yeah, that felt, but I got to say that guy, he was a total pro about it. I mean, he gave, he said, listen, it's not working out for me, but I love you guys. I will stay as long until he, but start, you know, looking and he stayed for a good six months. Wow. Until we found a replacement. And then, you know, Simon, who we have now is he's, he's perfect. I mean, he's the ultimate team player. The thing I've always wanted from that role is someone who pays a lot of attention to color. So I, you know, kind of strum and, you know, kind of take, I don't take as many leads, but in terms of like interesting guitar sounds, he's a total nerd about that type of stuff. He's got a, you know, a, a pedal board from, from hell. And, and uh, you know, he gets the most interesting tones and he gives our band a lot of polish. He's a totally solid singer. So, you know, it took about 10 years to find the right guy. And yep. a lot of guys blew up in the role, but, and it's actually thinking back and telling the story. It's actually kind of interesting how, how the different guys came through and, and, you know, it, it actually, that, that's been the most interesting story about the house rockers is a number of guys who've had that role, but the guy now, like I would be really, really bummed if we ever lose him because he's a, a great team guy. He's, he's a band guy. He loves yep. being in a band. Yep. He's a student of music. He loves music. He loves talking about music. He loves going to see music. Um, he's a teacher by day. You know, he's really invested in, in, in other people being a better musician. He makes me a better musician. He's like, you know, he's like the perfect fit for the role that I'd always needed for that band. And it was funny cause, um, I don't even, I can't even remember the other guys who, who, who auditioned at the time. He and was I, just, I don't, he was just was, the one, huh? Yeah. He was the one. I yeah. mean, he made, made me forget the other guys. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. It, it's, um, it, it, it's interesting, right? You know, I, I mean, I've been in bands. Well, I, I think every band I've been in has always, you know, at some point seen a, a lineup change. And uh, there have been times, not not nearly as much recently, uh, but certainly times early, early on, where I was, you know, one of the players in enforcing or kind of encouraging a lineup change. Like, oh, this guy's not working out or whatever. And wisdom teaches you a lot of things. Um, and what I was going back to before where it just, you know, it, every, every player plays a role and you've got to plays many roles and you've got to pay attention to that because it, it, you know, there might be one thing somebody does that's a little bit, you know, might not be your favorite thing and it grates on you a little bit, but you got to step back and look at what, the, what else they bring to the table, what all they bring to the table. And do you want to, do you want to mess up the mix 
changing that one person out. And sometimes you don't have a choice. Like, you know, when you said when somebody leaves, they just leave. And actually, it's fantastic that you dealt with that guy who wanted to leave and, and didn't want to leave you in the lurch either. That's that's a that's a pro. And I guess, as you know, as we get as we get on in our years, we wind up playing with musicians that also are of advanced ages like us and hopefully have (laughs) have gained some wisdom along the lines. But along the way. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It's it's easy to just say punt. And that's not always the best move. (laughs) So definitely not. Yeah. But it's a great point about chemistry. It's, it's a delicate thing. Yeah. And it's something I, I think, I think I've shared this before. Steve Van Sant said, when you have a band and it's working, do everything you can to protect it. Cause it's such a rare thing. Yep. Like a, like a real band where it's guys who are, you know, making each other better, making people happy with their music. There's a lot of bands that just exist. They coexist, right? Yep. People like being in a band, you know, it's, it's like, Oh, that's someone I work with. There are a lot of bands that have that type of fabric to them and they function, you know, they go out and they play music and, you know, they get people to dance something like that. But a real band that transcends, that has developed a chemistry that has developed not only chemistry amongst band members, but a chemistry that translates into a relationship with an audience and that's a, you know, whether it's a two piece band, three piece band, 10 piece band, 20 piece band, that's a very, very difficult thing to, to cultivate. And it's something that needs to be treasured. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be really careful with it. It's interesting. May you all uh, have, a, have good experiences with that. You won't. You're here. I mean, we'll, we'll all have problems with it because it's, it's humans, but, um, yeah, humans, yeah. humans, they're the worst. They are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but without them, you know, what would we be? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, so I've got uh like I said, I've got those gigs coming up this weekend and then uh and then actually next week starts tech week for uh just a one week theater run. We actually have two just two rehearsals and then I guess five performances. So uh that's a show called Big Fish, which there which is interesting music. It was it was actually on Broadway, but I think mm-hmm. it was, it only lasted like three months or something. It was uh, too sappy. I think uh, they did a movie. It was about a pretty it. sappy picture too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, that was one of those plays that came after the movie, right? You know, they, they did right. the, they did the movie and then they did the play. And um, speaking of which I got to give a plug here, Dave. So oh. I have a good family friend who's just, he's in tech week now. And I think they start November 9th. He got the lead. And Andrew Lloyd Webber School of Rock. Oh, He's nice. playing the Jack Black character. And um, I saw the previews for it. There's a couple snippets on online. You know, like he, he, could, he could win a Tony. I mean, he's unbelievable. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So it's really exciting to see. So I'm wishing him, my buddy Alex Brightman, I'm wishing him a lot of luck and a long run with this role that he is just absolutely perfect for. Oh, that's killer, man. That's great. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Very exciting. Very. That's, I like it. That's good. Yeah. I always like to hear about people doing well. That's uh, sure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, that's all I got for today. What about you, Paul? You got anything else? I'm good. This was fun. It was cathartic for me because I'm sitting here stewing in my loneliness. So kind of fun to get it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, my gig Friday night was just an acoustic gig. So uh, I, I played with two hands and it was my first gig back with, with two hands, but uh, I'm really curious to see how my gig on Friday night goes playing full kit there. There's, wow, def- yeah. there's definitely some things 
where, you know, this week, especially I've been working about half my time. I've just been playing songs and just kind of doing, doing things to keep my hands moving. But then I've also been forcing myself to play. I came up with a couple of figures and stuff. Um, in fact, that, that Shaka Khan tune that, uh, that Rufus tune that Shaka Khan sang or whatever that, uh, that you mentioned last week that, that Nick had brought into the, uh, the house Mm -hmm. runners. I I went and, you know, I had, I had it in my head. So I was listening to it afterwards. And, uh, and I came up, I, I started playing the groove and then I, I just forced myself to come up with a pattern that was totally, uh, you know, foreign to my hands, just this one fill. And so I've been, I've been working on that a bunch this week. And it's just interesting that my left hand, it's like, it just doesn't want to, there's some things it's just a little weird with. And, um, it's a little frustrating, but it'll, it'll come back around. It's just, you definitely know, I just got to keep doing it. Yeah. But it's, it, it's interesting. You know, I don't notice it during the day. I can like do everything I did. I can eat with chopsticks with both hands and all of that stuff. And then it's like, try and do this little fill with a double stroke on the left hand a couple of times. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's not, you know, the fingers aren't quite there. And so, but it's all right. You know, I know what to do. I just got to keep doing it. So keep doing it. Yep. Keep doing it. That's what it is. So I'll, I'll report back uh, next week when we look forward to it, when we chat. Yeah, man. All right. Well, feedback at giggabpodcast.com is how you can get in touch with us. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash giggabpodcast. We would love to hear from you. Let us know what you're thinking. And thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for uh, thanks for the chat tonight, Paul. Always good. A lot of fun, Dave. It's always good. Yep. Uh, folks, we hope to see you on that Facebook page. We love doing this, but getting a little bit of input from you would make us really happy because we want to make sure we're talking about things that are of interest to you as well as things that are of interest to us. See you next week. See ya.